It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome to another episode of Down Memory Lane. And this is, you know, look at before we even start, let's, let's just say, uh, in honor of our dear late friend Dark Star, Dark, that was his favorite yeah. line. Nine years ago, was it? Uh, uh, nine. Nine yes. years ago, he passed away. The great June Dark 1st. Star, and, and yeah. uh, where's uh, the name of the place again? What's the name oh, of the place God. again? Yeah. So oh, um, we're, we're always not too far away from our thoughts and, and memories, Dark Star. So with memories. Uh, we're down memory lane. Mark Rosen, along with Lawyer Lambert. That's the voice of Lawyer Lambert. I appreciate uh, your listenership. We appreciate our sponsors, Continental Diamond. First of all. Jimmy and Helene Pessis, in fact, I had to get a little charm bracelet fixed for my daughter the other day, and old Jimmers down there took care of it in a hurry. But uh, more importantly, um, you know, we got graduations, we got all kinds of stuff coming up, uh, and stop by. I mean, Whatever your budget. Yeah, yeah they're, they they're can, the best. They you've, can work with you. Uh, you've heard us talk about it. Uh, I know you probably have friends who've gone there right here at 1600 Utica. Say hello to Jimmy and Helene Pessis. But anybody who waits on you, they're, they're really great they're to work terrific. with. They're so. terrific. Terrific folks. And yep. uh, we also have to mention uh, Todd Anderson over at Cary Limo. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of your <clears throat> excuse me transportation needs, he's there for you. Cary.com, 612-623-0565. So we appreciate uh, our, our sponsors and uh, sticking around with us and uh, getting as we get into the heat of the summer. Uh, I guess we're turning in. We've had a lot of great go. guests on this show, but uh, I have to go down memory lane myself uh, because I know we want to we want to kind of go back into the archives of my brain and what's left of it. Well, we uh, just uh, celebrate. Well, <clears throat> not really a celebration. We just uh, passed the five year anniversary of the end of Rosen Sports my Sunday. Goodness. Hard you, to believe. When you told me that, I, I was stunned to, to even uh to even find that out. I can't believe it's been five years. I mean it's been a couple of years since I you know left CCO obviously, but five years since that show ended and uh, I mean I'm sure you have plenty of questions. Oh. But I, I ended it really kind of, you know, on my own. I mean just so people understand the dynamics and the business model of what was working for a long time and and just an evolution, really, of the local television business. I mean, it got to the point where I had exhausted my my friendships, basically, you, and my loyalties, yes, the loyalties yeah. to my friends and people had to me, where we just didn't have the budget, quite honestly, quite frankly, to bring people in. Because you're asking people to come in live. We could, we pre-taped some of the interviews, Jeff, but but a lot of them were, you know, the show was live. I loved the live uh energy that, that i had and, and with the show so well and especially after a cbs second football oh game went God. to seven o'clock or something well you i were, would sit there and i my hands would be sweaty <laughs> watching because there used to be double headers as folks know the games would start at three right and then the nfl pushed them back to, to 330 and three oh, yep. whatever it is yep. and then by the time the game ends and there was this line of line of death we call it between <laughs> um cbs bumping uh, an hour show, whatever's on late Sunday night, or letting it run. And so when I would see the, you know, coming up next, Jim Nance would say, you know, <laughs> 60 minutes. 60 <laughs> minutes, and then this show, and the FBI, and I'm going, oh, shit. Oh, I looked at oh, the math, and going, we're getting on at 11.20 tonight. We'll be out here at <laughs> yeah, midnight. Right. That was also factoring into it. So, I mean, I would have to call Pete Bursich and call up a couple other guests. I mean, at that point, it was too late to tape. So, 
But the business model had changed. Where you know, I'll get into getting into it. Yeah. The, we had some pretty big budgets. We had some players and you know the athletes that got paid handsomely to come in on Sunday nights, and even the writers we got stuff for. But it got to the point where, you know, I remember Mike Caputo was my news director, and I said, "Man, I just I I run out of uh, goodwill friendships. Yeah, I can't yeah, I can't can't keep doing this. You know, the writers would come in and all that, but it got to the point going, I've hit the wall and." Uh, yeah. Uh, they wanted me to do it year-round. I was doing it year-round. But I had uh, the time of my life, and I look back, and I, have, I don't even have well, half Well, 35 years, was it? It started with, uh, just sorry, it, it started with really called the Rashad Rosen Report. That was the, the genesis of it. Ahmad Rashad uh, in 1980 um, you know, wanted to get into the TV business, and um, he made a very famous Hail Mary catch from Tommy Kramer. To beat the Cleveland Browns to give the Vikings backing a, into yeah, the end zone. Backing into the end yes, zone. Yes, I remember. I was there uh, to I give there. them. Uh, uh, you had left because a lot of people left. Yeah. I hadn't <laughs> left the press box. A lot of uh, writers left Met Stadium up in the press box uh, and went downstairs to talk to the players, but and missed it. Yeah, um, oh. I, I happened to catch it, and literally Ahmad Rashad caught it. He and did. That sort of the next day, he would come on our five o'clock newscast, and then. We would do a little fifteen-minute wrap-up of the Rashad Rosen report, and it turned into a half-hour show. And that—that that was sort of the that kickstarted eventually uh, Rosen Sports Sunday. But Ahmad was um, great to, to work with. I mean, he really um, and, and, and I appreciate the fact that he credits me with kickstarting his career. <laughs> Did pretty well for himself with uh, inside the NBA in particular and NBC. And you know, he wanted it, but he wanted to do everything. I mean, he came in. He didn't know how to type. Really? This, no. Oh. And, and so this was back in the days when we had, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there were things we called had... electric typewriters yep. um, and manual typewriters. Yes. Manual. manual. Actually, ma- we had yeah. manual typewriters, not electric typewriters, not computers. And so um, Ahmad would want to write some of his own copy, which I was all in favor of. So he would write it longhand. Oh, my God. And hand oh. it to me. And then I would oh. type it up. Sure. Um, but he didn't want to just be another athlete being interviewed, which I was fine with. He wanted to be, you know, a co-host he, of the show, so he would introduce some of the other highlights of other games and talk about it. I went, go for it. Wow. He yeah. knew what he wanted to do, but he also knew that he wanted to do more than just, you know, you know, be on the receiving end of my questions. So he did, uh, he would cover high school sports for us. He would do stuff for what was called PM Magazine. He would do all these other shows, and because he knew this is was where he wanted to go with his career once his football career ended. And Ahmad, um, <laughs> Uh, Ahmad didn't want to, uh, um, you know, just be the football person, and and he wanted to do everything. And so we had a blast together, and I, I couldn't have been happier uh, that I I got to to do a show with him. And he would, you know, we'd go out almost every Sunday night uh, after the show. And Ahmad drove a really nice Ferrari, and I drove oh. whatever the hell I was driving. <laughs> and I lived over by Lake Calhoun, and he lived out in Lakeville. And we would go, inevitably, we'd end up at the Loon, um, shocking, on a Sunday night. What a surprise. A, a, after the show. And, and uh, you know, we would, dis- we would have our post-production meeting over yep, a couple right, of years. Right. Prince would be sitting over here. Yeah. I mean, he'd sit over there. I mean, I'm, we ran into, I don't know how many times. And, and this was, again, early. And early. Prince was kind of still, he, he, was, was, a, he was a big deal, but yeah, he wasn't like people like... were bothering him. And so we were just, hey, how you doing? What's up, man? I'll tell you my favorite Ahmad Rashad story, then we'll move on. Ahmad, this is, again. No cell phones, no you know communication like that. Ahmad, shockingly, is a, most wide receivers like to live in the fast lane, he, literally and figuratively. He had speed. a Ferrari. Yes. I live by Lake Calhoun. <laughs> he said, "I'm going to get my Ferrari," and I'm he lived on Lakeville off of 35W, uh, and he said, "I'm going to call you 
when I get home. Um, and I said, fine, I'm, take, well, it's going to take me 10 minutes to get home. Sure. I got home, and I swear to God, the phone rang like five minutes later. I went, you're home. You're, I said, what, what do you mean you're home? There's no way in hell you could have made it to Lakeville in 18 minutes, whatever it was. He goes, oh, no. He goes, hey, listen, here, listen to my dogs barking. He held up the phone. Dogs were barking. I knew his dogs. I went, you've got to be bullshitting me. Not much traffic at 35W. 125 miles an hour. <laughs> and you know, he had to let, the, let it out a little bit. Yeah. And I think the highway patrolman just let him go. They just, that was uh, back in the couldn't day. Couldn't catch him. No, they couldn't catch him. <laughs> uh, but that was kind of the competitive... That, that was the competitive that was, part that of, was of of a lot of these guys going. I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna go home and get there fast. But uh, we've had a wonderful right. friendship over the years. And and so and was that Viking centric? It was all Viking. Yeah. So we you did, well, we yeah. At that point, we didn't. Uh, it ended up being a half hour show, but we didn't have. You know, I remember Ahmad got pissed off because we uh, I ran some interviews like with Matt Blair and a few oh. other players. He goes, Hey man, I don't want to. I don't. Th- those guys are. They're. They got their own thing. I, this is my show, basically. Oh. <laughs> wow! I said, Ahmad, I got a half hour to fill. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I had to do put a, put so, something on there. But that, you know, once in a while you have a little, you know, friction if you want to call it. That it really didn't last long. So, but I knew when Ahmad got hit in the back in Detroit, he he, he didn't like going over the middle. He was he was very he, careful to protect his body, and he got sandwiched and he had a helmet right in his ribs. I went, he's oh, done. That's it. And he and oh. I knew it. He was done. And um, then he called me. This is another pre-technology uh, story. Remember when he proposed to Felicia? Felicia. Uh-huh. Uh, I was on Thanksgiving. He was working. He said he called me on a on a um, whatever it must be Wednesday night. I was working. He goes. He says um, tomorrow I'm going to propose to uh, to my girlfriend on on national TV. I went and I knew who he was dating yeah. at the time, so I mentioned her name. I won't mention her name now. I went. Oh, you're getting married to so and so. He goes. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> no, you ever watch, you ever watch the Cosby Show? I went. Everybody watches the Cosby Show, and it was uh, Felicia Ayers at that time. And I went, "You're what?" So I he, I go, "Yeah, I'm going to propose to her at halftime." I said, "Can I use this tonight?" He goes, "Yeah, go oh. ahead." But again, oh. keep in mind this was before the internet. This was before, before anything. So oh, yeah. I go oh, on the no air that night. Media. No, on, yeah. on Channel Four, and go. You got to watch. Night was on. It was on NBC. Ahmad Rashad is going to propose to Felicia Ayers tomorrow on national television on Thanksgiving. And nobody picked up on it because no. nobody had access to my to our local newscast, a little over in flyover land. So sure enough, of course, he made the proposal, um, and uh, the rest is history. It's just amazing. Felicia Rashad yeah. became Felicia Rashad. So, um, but we've had a wonderful friendship over the years, and I appreciate his um, gratitude towards me for helping him along. But he made it easy. As an athlete who... A lot of athletes, Jeff, just want to, uh, you know, go on TV. And for every Tony Romo, oh, you know, who sure. career ended and went right into number right. one analyst, right? Yeah, Ahmad, I mean, worked his ass off. I mean, obviously he he had a, he had a real good eye for everything, but he wanted to do everything, and that's where the you know his ego was set aside. He'd cover Minneapolis North against whatever in high school basketball on a Friday night. Didn't care, you know. He that just was, was happy to do it. Good for him. So. Um, so he went on to bigger and better things. He did. Yes. He retired, yeah. moved on, went to uh, sign. With, he had offers from CBS, and he went to NBC, and then um, you know worked for them for a long time. And eventually, I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people didn't even know him as a football player. I mean, I talked to him before about that. That people grew up watching him do inside the NBA, the, and, uh, yeah. and then of course his relationship with Michael Jordan. But 
really known as an NBA guy, and, and I think if you saw the Michael, if you saw the Michael Jordan documentary, Ahmad was featured in it a lot. He and uh, M, you know MJ very, very tight, close. yeah, very close. He has some interesting friends. He introduced me to OJ Simpson, um, and then I went out. And I had done a uh, series with OJ out in uh, uh, California on athletes and advertising, and OJ had given me great access to uh, the Hertz commercials that he was doing, and it was. Jumping OJ. through the airports. Yeah, he was very he yeah, was very yeah. uh, gregarious. He was that that's who he was. You know, he happened just you know he had a bad night, and killed two people. That's you know just you know <laughs> what the hell. Uh, I mean, after leaving Jesus. the set of Naked Gun, yeah, exactly. we understand exactly. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, oh. uh, so we moved on from there, and then um, man, it was cool. I ended up doing the Bud Grant report, the Bud Grant show, and Bud uh, actually was the first show. That we ever did in our new building, which is the existing building, on uh, oh on ninth on eleventh oh, on eleventh we, 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 oh, sure, we were sure. on ninth we were yeah. on ninth on the south for the longest time. Then we moved over to eleventh and Marquette, and the first show ever done in that building. In fact, we produced it at the old building. Walked over to the new building was the Bud Grant show, and Bud came over um, and was able to do the show. And I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, as many oh. I was intimidated by Bud early on. Uh, as everyone knows, grew up watching. He was a very intimidating oh, figure he on the was. sidelines. He absolutely those steely blue eyes that he has would you know Looked bore a right hole through. through. You. Yeah. Uh, but as it turns out, um, turned out to be uh, you know like a second father to me. I mean, oh. really a father figure to me. I learned so much from that man, but I also learned how to prioritize things. But we did the show, the nineteen eighty three together, and he'd come in every Sunday night, and he would kind of look after for me. He goes, you don't. He says, make sure you ask me about such and oh. such. Like it was a bad oh. bad play. Like, don't be afraid to ask me about What this. happened there? Like, oh, uh-huh. Bud Grant's going to chew my head off. Um, he could. Uh, but he was always very methodical about how he answered everything. But he also did, and I always, I always tell people this story. Uh, after a, a, a tough loss, um, you know, he'd come in. I'd see him on the phone once in a while. Again, not, no cell phones, just a regular phone. I'm thinking, oh, God, he's calling the late, great Jerry Burns saying, Jesus, how did we screw this up? We should have thrown that ball in the flat, the form, whatever yeah, it was. Right, right. And I'd overhear part of his conversation. He's talking to one of his buddies about going to the duck blind. Going, and, and going duck hunting. Duck hunting the next morning. Yeah. And, and, and Bud, yeah. Bud would always say, you know, like, um, game's over. What am I going to do about what it? I, yeah. Why relive uh, it? And I and I, I always, and my daughter, to a fault, my daughter would, my daughter uh, reminds me all the time that I tell her all the time, uh, don't worry about things you can't control. Um, you know, you, and Bud, that was Bud, but one of Bud's uh, mantras, mantras to kind of get through the day is, you know, you know, it's don't worry about things you can't control. You, you just can't. And um, I've kind of lived by a couple of his creeds over the years. But, you know, I think the first time Bud called me Mark, I almost fainted. Oh, my God. I mean, he yeah. never called anyone by their first names. Yeah. You kind of look at him and you know, give yeah. me one of those things. And But uh, hey, what yeah. a wonderful uh, human being to be around and uh, come full circle to when my book was published, he came down to uh, Barnes & Noble downtown, drove himself. I go, Bud, how do you get down here? He goes, oh. I can still drive. <laughs> I went, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, geez. He came down, and my mom was there. My mom loved watching Bud because Bud was a Minneapolis Laker. My mom used to. My mom uh, had a huge crush on Bud. And uh, when, when Bud came down, she took her hand and rubbed it through his little crew-cut haircut, you know, and Bud loved it. Bud also talked so about perfect. the virtues yeah. of having a banana every day, Jeff. Yeah. He, he would sit there and lecture. You know, you need to have a banana every single day. Oh, look at He's 94 Ooh, right he now, is. right? Yeah. Well, I try to have a banana every day because Bud Grant told me to. <laughs> Bud Grant said, have a banana every day. I'm having one. He says, all the potassium. And he starts rattling off all this stuff. He goes, 
I'm in. I, I, I'm well, sold. You've got to. Yeah. 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 Well, and, who, and then he walks out during the uh, NFC Championship game. You know, it yeah, was, with his short uh, sleeve. With his short sleeve shirt. Yeah, he would always say, Cold is a state of mind. I went, Yeah, it's a state of mind, all right. But <laughs> Bud would have those little tricks, too. He'd have those uh, at Met Stadium in particular. He'd have, you know, the jacket he had, he had sleeves cut into it. And, uh, you know, he'd have his hands in there a lot. But he knew, you know, by his hunting experience and fishing, sure. he goes, yeah, I got cold. He goes, You get cold. You, he got you, cold. You, oh, you, I asked yeah. him about it later <laughs> on. He goes, yeah, it was a mirage, a little bit of a mirage. He'd have to convince you know his players not to be cold because the other team, the Rams, would come up here. The they'd be freezing ball. their asses off. That's all they'd be thinking about was huddling around the sideline That's heaters, it. and he wouldn't allow heaters on the sidelines. They usually lost the game when they walked off the plane. Oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah, George yeah, Allen and yeah. all that. But, oh, my God. But what a, uh, oh. what a delightful, uh, more importantly, again, beyond the show we did. Um, the person. Yeah, just, oh. I mean, it's Bud Grant for crying out yeah. loud. And it what what a uh, wonderful family still lives in the same house as we know with all the garage sales he's had uh, as he did back still in, has stuff has stuff yeah. I don't think he's going to have any more garage yeah. sales so it went oh. from Bud Bud decided to retire uh, I got a I got a call from now, the news director in eighty three was he still coaching he was still coaching and then because Les Steckel took over in eighty four right and the thing is okay. I was. I was um, at home, and of course, his relationship with Sid Hartman is well known. Um, uh, Sid was, you know, introduced him at, at, at Canton, uh, Ohio, H-O, and I, yeah, I got, to go, got to oh. go to that, which was spectacular. But so Sid got the scoop that Bud was going to retire. But here was the thing: it, it, he retired, and he was going to retire, make the official announcement in Hawaii because oh. the Pro Bowl was going on, and they were going to name the new head coach out there. And I think everyone speculated it was going to be Bernsey. Of course, of course it wasn't. they did. So yes, I got a call from my news director saying. Um, you, you're on a uh, 10.30 flight this morning to Honolulu. Can you imagine the budgets? <laughs> what? And I said, wait, what? Because, you know, Sid had the big headline, big scoop, Bud Grant sure. retiring. And I went, wow. So I flew out with a, our photographer named Rick Olson. I went, remember, I was playing tennis that morning. Oh, I might as well get my tennis match in, whatever. And I flew, came back, and we said, you're literally flying out. The news conference is tomorrow morning in, in, in Honolulu Stadium where the Pro Bowl is. And then you're flying back. Uh, that so, night, yeah. So I flew out to Hawaii, <laughs> and and Bud was there. Um, Les Mike Lynn was there. Les Steckel was named the head coach. I mean, Les Steckel. Les wow. Steckel. He was the wide receiver coach who worked with Ahmad, ironically, oh, and, wow. and was you know was actually was a very good uh, wide receiver coach. But everyone was shocked that it wasn't Burnsy. And I remember Bud including saying, "Including well, Burnsy, including Burnsy, oh, which a whole he was oh. yeah, he was very bitter about." It. I was really surprised because of Bud's allegiance to Burnsy. But he felt that Les, I think, could relate to all the players, whether they were, you know, the hard sure, asses, sure. Uh, the Jesus people, whatever, religious guys, and that Steckel had that ability to do that, and so he named him head coach. So I flew to Honolulu, did the interview. We shipped our tape back via satellite, however we did that. Flew back that night, did a half-hour special on Monday night at 6.30, uh, and I have a picture of it with uh, on the set where, where it was Bud, Les, Jim Marshall, Bill Brown, and Tommy Kramer. Oh my God! Sitting oh. on the set, and I, I came back at six thirty. We did a special show, uh, and I, I think back to that. My God, I was I didn't think I'd slept. Well, uh, yeah, the time change. The time change. Oh hey, my hey, God! Get to go yeah. to Hawaii. Yeah. I get to go to Hawaii for twelve bleeping <laughs> for 12 hours. It's like this isn't exactly hours. a lot of fun, but mm. oh. well, what an all star lineup! It was an all star oh. lineup, and of course, then that that turned into a disaster, disaster. of all disaster. The three and. Three and thirteen year Les Steckel started with uh 
know, he was an old Marine, and, and not an old yeah. Marine, he was a Marine, a young coach, but he wanted to have the toughest team in the NFL, but he didn't realize that having the toughest team didn't mean you beat your own players up. Right. And was it Greg Coleman? He had an Ironman contest <laughs> on the Mankato, and, and players were getting hurt. Mark Mullaney pulled up a hamstring, and and uh, that's when Keith Millard was drafted. And Keith Millard was at Winter Park working out, and um, he started throwing up, and, and Steckle went, look, there's our number one draft choice, barfing on the sideline. Well, oh, Keith Millard went, I've had enough of this shit. Went to sign with the USFL. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. Eventually came oh. back, as we all know, and became one of the most dominant Defensive tackles in the NFL until he blew out his knee. Yeah, Les um, Steckel thought he had a five-year plan. I had I did that show with him every single week. I mean, it was incredible. It was, and his sister was directing it, which is a whole other story. She happened to work at the station, so the the dynamics of those two and Les would come in, and even as the season progressed and they were getting their ass kicked and they were down in Chicago. That's when Archie Manning was on the team for the oh, one year, yeah. and. The Bears were almost the Bears, 85, you know, there was a Super right. Bowl year, but they had the whole makeup they of that They were there. Team. Yeah. Poor Archie got sacked, I think, 11, 11 times in that game. I think that's the right. The Bears players yeah. were literally yelling at him, Archie, just lay down. Just, yeah. They didn't want to hurt him. They were, seriously, they were going like Hampton and these guys, Singletary, and they were just, just going, just, just Archie, just fall down. We don't want to hurt you. <laughs> and so Les was done at 3-13. and 13. That night, after doing the show, he said, uh, well, here's my off-season conditioning program. I'm going to give it to the players tomorrow morning and blah, blah, blah. Well, that five-year plan turned into a one-year one plan. One-year plan. I got the it's call. It's over. Les was fired, drove out to his house. You know, I, I think I caught him in his car. He offered a few words. That was it. And Bud Grant, who had been giving a, given a bass boat, among other pride gifts, when he retired. Right, his retirement gifts. Now he's coming back. So Bud went back for one more one year. More, yeah. I said, do you have to give the bass boat back? Of course not. But he's not giving anything back. back. So Bud came back for one more year. I, I don't, you know, necessarily think his heart was in it. They didn't have a very good team. You no, know, they had the remnants there. of the '84 team. They got better. Uh, Bud knew how to get the most out of those players. But that was it. That was our swan song with Bud Grant. And then it kind of turned into, you know, Rosen Sports Sunday, Vikings Tonight. Uh, then I started using the players. That's when we started paying them. And it started with. Uh, and a, you actually had a budget. We had a budget. Yeah, a real yeah. budget. We also had. Um, Really a great couple of years with Scott Studwell, Darren Nelson, and Greg Coleman. We had, you know, defense, offense, offense and special and teams. Special. And, and, and Greg Coleman, I love Greg, <laughs> Greg, one of my favorite people of all time. Uh, Darren Nelson in particular would pick on him. He said, you know, Greg would offer his opinion about something, and Darren in that squeaky voice <laughs> yes, goes, what do you know? You're just a punter. And Greg would take his mic off and walk off the set and, you know, feign to uh, stop. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. But those guys were great together. Um and so that kind of, you know, was kind of the start, Jeff, of, of, you know, what turned into Rosen Sports Night. But we were just doing it during the football season, Just again, though. it was football. Yeah, football only. We would end it, you know, um, after the football season. And then, you know, I had you know, a whole bunch of other – I mean, I looked back and I, got, I had to write all these lists down, the guests I had and the hosts I had. I mean, even the punky QB, Jim McMahon, was here oh, for the one year. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. uh, man, he was a, he was a trip. Jimmy McMahon, you know, the and one again in '85, won the, with the Bears, and you know, just a crazy man. Uh, he came in; his career was, you know, pretty much over with. And Sean Salisbury was the other quarterback, but man, did he man. have the stories, and he was great to work with. Um, obviously, as time went on, uh, you know, when the big trade was made for Herschel Walker, but Herschel had his own show. And my late great friend R.J. Fritz did that show, the Herschel Walker Show. So he had his own oh, show. He, oh yeah, he and Herschel would talk about himself in the third person all the time. 
Um, so Herschel doesn't do shows with anyone. No, Herschel no. doesn't do it, exactly. <laughs> and then so it, it eventually evolved into Rosen Sports Sunday, where we would do the show from the start of training camp. We'd do our annual training camp Tra- show. Right. Um, on location. In Mankato yeah. all the oh, time. There, there you are. I mean, uh, some crazy times down there, but um, people would always look forward to it. I always look forward to it. We'd you know, we'd get the coach have access to everybody because they couldn't go anywhere. Right. So they were, were on the air at 1030. And, you know, uh, I got taped to the goalpost one time. You know, Chris Hovan and a couple of those oh, uh, Klein yeah, Saucer, yeah. those those whack jobs did me, uh, <laughs> did me up. Uh, and, and not just football season, but then we do, I think people remember, you know, we'd always do our annual spring training show. Sure. And that, that, that was kind again, of a, it was a big deal because people are stuck here in the middle of March and the weather sucked and we got, you know, state tournaments going on. We're down there with palm trees. Down and, there. The- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sod. And doing a half hour show every, every Sunday night. Um, one time we were supposed to do it, and Kirby was supposed to be on the show, and he forgot. And so we were, in fact, we were locked out of the, the uh, at, this is at Fort Myers, and Puck just didn't show. I don't know what happened. And we, so we had we had an empty chair. We put a picture of Kirby on Kirby. it. So, Kirby, what do you think about spring training so far? Uh, anyway, it happens. And, uh, yeah. uh, but that's, that's the problem with live television. Sure it is. You could, you could just uh. do it. But, you know, I mean, it, it was fun. And we eventually, you know, kept going, and we would do the show until – uh, Memorial Day, basically the end of May, because that would—that's when we cut the show off, and we'd have a an annual show on the rooftop of WCCO. Sure, and we'd have a band up yes. there. I mean, yeah, we, we yeah, did, it was. Yeah. Hey, we would we would do live music a lot, and as the shows progressed from uh, like bunkers, we would have whatever band was playing down there, and it was really cool. So we'd throw some entertainment into it. Uh, but in the last show on Memorial Day, we'd have you know, like Jesse Ventura would show up, <laughs> and and Jimmy Jam, and you know we'd have Mike Morris in the corner just eating. Um, and you know all all the people that we had on, uh, on the show would come back for that night, and it was it was kind of a nice send off. Uh, but I needed the break. But then you needed the summer off. Of I, course, I did. Yeah. And it's yeah. like you know, yeah. and then so we'd have you know basically June and most of July off, and then we'd then start up again right into training camp. Yeah, so it was a short time, but it was also a chance to recharge the batteries a little bit. And then they found out they the station found out that you know the show makes a lot of money. Oh, why don't we do it year round? I went. Well, let's okay, <laughs> well, and we still had the staff to pull it off. Um, I went. Oh, okay. So now we're going to do this year round. Huh? So now I got to you know we got to pay our guests. And, you know, they paid, like when, going back to the football season, obviously I think a lot of folks remember um, Johnny Randall and Eddie McDaniel uh-huh. were my, my favorite uh-huh. guests of all time. And they were, they got paid. They would give me crap down in Mankato, like, hey, um, you know, I need uh, how much money to do that? I said, look, <laughs> I'm out of it. Yeah. Uh, that's the he, GM's job. You negotiate with him. That goes back yeah. to even going back to Ahmad. When Ahmad, I forgot to tell you that story. Oh. When Ahmad wanted uh, to do the show, and Ron Hamburg was the news director, and I think he wanted $50,000 to do the show that year, I went, hey, I'm out of it. Hey. So Ron drove down to Mankato, and, and I negotiated with Ahmad. Not only did Ahmad get the money he wanted, he said, look, I'm afraid of falling asleep in my home in Lakeville, so I need a limo to take me to <laughs> and from the station every Sunday night. Great. You hey. can put whatever. Well, and he holy got it. Sh- but here's the problem. The limo would bring him down to the station, and I understood that. He didn't want to fall asleep after a tough game. 
And then all of a sudden, the limo, remember I mentioned going to the loon and everything? Yeah. Well, he didn't always have his Ferrari with him. The loon would show up back on the ledger at getting back at 3 a.m. And guess who got their ass chewed? <laughs> Me. You. <laughs> what, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Why is this limo out there? I said, Ron, I don't know. I was home. you got to ask Ahmad. So Ahmad was out partying. In the limo. In the limo yeah. until 3 a.m. And guess who's paying for it? CCO. Not me. CCO was. <laughs> Boy, the times uh, have changed. Boy, did that ever Holy that hell. ever bust the budget. But uh, Johnny and Eddie yeah. were just a trip. They would give me the silent treatment half the time and ask him a question to start the show. And it was live. Yeah. No delayed button, no, no nothing. nothing. And they would just stare at me. I'm going, okay, that's the, the silent way treatment. That's the Our, way it's oh, going to yeah. be. Oh. Uh, and then they'd get into it, and they would be um, Johnny, as you know. And oh, they'd play, They were the Batman best. and yeah. Robin. Yeah. They would they... play off each other so well, and people really lived for it. And it, it was all, you know, it came to a crescendo in 98. People remember the year. I mean, Brad Johnson was on my show a lot, and Brad was the quarterback early, and he got hurt. But Johnny and Eddie carried that show in 98, and we looked like we were all, we were all going to Miami. Going to the Super Bowl for sure. And yeah. it was uh, devastating, to say the least. But those guys, I'll tell you what, I'll give those guys credit, because even after Johnny got hurt late in the game against Arizona, which I blame the late Denny Green for. I'll get into that a little bit. Okay. But he was in the game when he shouldn't have been. The Vikings had the game well in hand. They should have been on the sidelines just resting and not playing. But he was in. Got, he was, one of his teammates he, fell on his knee, and he was yeah. half the player. He was a uh, uh, Hall of Fame player against Atlanta in that NFC title game. But I give those guys credit. They showed up the night after the Atlanta, the night of the Atlanta game. And after was, that loss. After the oh. loss. They, and then they were pretending yeah. they were crying. Oh. And I'm going, oh, my God. We are, everyone else really is crying. <laughs> <laughs> Best Viking team I had ever seen. And you guys are faking it. Yeah, but uh, uh, no. that's just the kind of uh, attitudes they had. So uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, Well, Johnny never quit. Just the motor running all the time. And his mouth constantly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and after, you know, when yeah. we were doing the show for a while, you know, we would do the, when the Viking season would end, obviously the playoffs would continue. And, and this, with the exception of like the 98 or 2001, uh, Tony Dungy was on the staff. So I would have Tony come down on Sunday nights and he would provide our analysts as our analysts oh, for the other for playoff the other, games. Oh, whatever happened to Tony? Well, he, yeah. He pretty well. Did he ever uh, uh, about anything? So, um, <laughs> One night, and in fact, the superstar Mike Morris was on the show, and Tony came down and uh, did the show and was shockingly really good at it, <laughs> analyzing yes, other yes. games. I wonder how that worked. Oh, he's still doing Sunday night football. And he said, well, tomorrow morning I have an interview in Tampa Bay for another head coaching job. And he was I mean, kind of like he wasn't overly optimistic because he'd been down this road it's, it's way too, too many, many times, times with the uh, yeah, so-called yeah. Rooney rule the, right, where the NFL right. would have to interview uh, X number of minority candidates it was all bullshit and tony had been through it so many times and all of a sudden he left i remember it was a snowy night and mike morris looked at me and he goes rosie he goes there's the real thing walking out the door oh next morning he got hired. hired and that was it and bigger and better things yes, we know ended for up sure canton ohio and super bowl championship eventually after being with tampa not winning it at tampa but going to india and winning it with uh um Peyton Manning. With uh, Indianapolis, Yeah, correct? so it, w- it was great. So, I mean, Tony, uh, we go back to our days at the University of Minnesota and uh, when he was a quarterback there. And, and so, it's, again, I, I've always told people, you know, and we can talk about the games and everything else, but the relationships that I've had the opportunity, Jeff, to, to uh, not just build up but sustain over the years. When you're young, all you, you don't really think about all that stuff. But the fact that, you know, I've had these amazing relationships with Ahmad and Bud Grant and, and Tony. And Tony yeah, and Studwell and Greg Coleman and Steve Jordan and 
you know, Johnny and Eddie and, and uh, you know, all, all these people. I mean, the guests that I had on, I mean, I have some favorite shows I could talk about. Yeah, let's, let, let's. Um, one of my favorites was only because, again, it was live TV. <clears throat> I had lined up uh, Paul Molitor and Clem Haskins to come down. This is Clem's, this was when they were all oh, this 97 late, team. Yep, so 90s. The final four yep, team that didn't yep. count. That's, that's. That got wiped Jane out. Gangelhoff was doing right. homework for people for Courtney James, apparently. So Paul was there. Paul was married at that time to his first wife, who I went to high school with, Linda. Of course and, did. And, uh, and Clem. And so <clears throat> it's about 10, 15, 10, 20. I'm going, usually here, but I would start yeah. getting a little panic-stricken because <laughs> the guests aren't in yet. And so I, I called Paul, and, I, and Linda answered the phone. I said, Linda, is Paul on his way? He goes, he's sleeping. Oh, what, what do you mean the he's hell? sleeping? The... He's supposed to be my first guest on the show in 15 minutes. He goes, oh, my God. So she woke him up. Paul woke up, and he he like, he like probably gave himself a heart attack, realized he's sure supposed he's... to be on the show, oh. bolted out of bed. He lived over in Edina, so it wasn't yeah. that far on a Sunday night to get downtown. I just flip-flopped the guest, so I had Clem oh. on first. <laughs> And Paul came, and Paul was a huge Gopher basketball fan. Gopher oh, group. He loved you. Loved all the, the games. Gophers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Oh my, this is too funny." So he made it. <laughs> he did. He made it down in time. Didn't look too disheveled. You know, just Paul was the consummate pro and came down and did the show. And he and Clem took pictures together and loved the fact Clem, yeah, you know, signed a basketball <laughs> for him and all that shit. That was great. They were riding high. But those were the kinds those of things are... that happen where guests. You always worry about a guest showing yeah. up, and there were one or two times when they didn't show up, but. Rarely did that happen. Um, so I, I was very fortunate to, to build up these relationships. And, you know, I had, uh, obviously, as time went on and did the show year-round, uh, I'd have to say my favorite, one of my favorite guests of all time was uh, Harmony Killebrew. I mean, it was, oh. uh, growing up um, as a Twins fan and growing up idolizing Harmon as a kid and everybody emulated, as you know, Jeff. Gentle his, giant. Yeah, I mean, his oh, batting his, stance and yeah. watching what he did. And yeah. So I went yeah. from, you know, Idolizing Harmon as a kid, um, interviewing him after he hit his 500th home run, which enabled me to join the, the union, you, the, the station right. union, gotcha. and yeah. then eventually being kind of a peer of his, and you know, playing in a golf tournament with him and spending time with him, having him come down on my show, and always being so gregarious and so friendly, and 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 he would talk about how he would teach players how to sign their name for autographs. He says, you know, those kids that you signed baseballs for, they want to know who got the. Better be legible. Yeah, and you yeah. know, many players just scribble yeah, something, right. and and Harmon, long name, would always write it correctly. Um, and so, uh, AJ Przinsky who came down the show would 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 talk about that, and Mike Michael Kadire, who was very, very oh. uh, idolized Harmon, um, would talk about how I learned how to you know to be a, to be responsible for signing my name. So Harmon came down the show all the time, all the way through. Um, uh, covering his funeral in Arizona and when the Twins happened to be playing out there. So Harmon was just, uh, the, I mean, as good as advertised. What a sweetheart what, of a man. Oh. My God. I told him, Jeff, you'll get a kick out of this. We've talked about the 1965 Twins team, the first team to go to the World Series. <clears throat> My dad took me to a game right before the All-Star break. They were playing the Yankees, and Harmon came up in the bottom of the ninth inning, and Rich Rollins was on first base. He had a two-run homer and catapulted the Twins, Twins in the first place. Never looked back after that because there was no divisional, you know, it was just you win or And over out. the Yankees. Over the Yankees. Yes. <laughs> and someone asked me along the way, you know, what's your favorite memory of Met Stadium? I said, yeah. oh, being, at, being there for Harmon's home run. And I had a plaque in my office, and I showed <laughs> it to Harmon. And Harmon was like. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> really? That was your favorite? Yeah, Harmon. Yeah, Harmon. 
It was uh, <laughs> uh, it was kind of a big deal. It was a huge deal. He, but he was still like that kid from Idaho going, yeah. really? You th- that, that was, that yes. Was, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, <laughs> the other thing was, uh, oh, man, I'm going to go through all these stories. I mean, but, you know, and then eventually, you know, um, you know, we had wonderful, uh, you know, certainly spent a lot of time with the Minnesota Lynx, the Minnesota Gophers, when you know, we had Lindsey Whalen when they went to the Final Four. Lindsey Whalen oh. and Janelle McCarvel and Shannon Schoenrock. And we had, you know, Pam Borton was on the show all the time. She was the coach at the time. And eventually, you know, it morphed into Cheryl Reeve and what she did with the Lynx. And always delightful guests. People say, well, you don't do enough with women's sports. Oh, I bet, okay. Look, oh. I had Cheryl on my show and Maya Moore and Simone Augustus and Lindsey Whalen on more than any male guest other than the regulars that I had on. They were great. And Maya Moore, as we know, has taken off on a Terrific. whole other yes. career. Yes. But yeah. she was that sharp when yeah. she came down and talked about basketball, obviously, most of the time. But uh, it was an honor to have those guys on, and they were great. And Cheryl remains one of my best friends to this day and just a phenomenal um, uh, person to be around. I, I guess the one show I had where I called it the bad boys of sports <clears throat> was one for the books. I was hosting, co-hosting a show with Michelle Tafoya for a while. Michelle, oh, oh. Michelle before she went to uh, CBS and before she went on to NBC, was working for Channel 4. I hired her, basically, along with yeah. someone. And Michelle came along, and uh, we worked well together. So you kick-started her career as well. Well, she kick-started yeah. her own <laughs> damn yeah, career. she did. She but did. We, did, we hosted, uh, we did Sports Sunday together for a while. We had, and I remember who our guests were at the time. It was Jack Del Rio and Cadre Ismael. And oh. so we had, we, were, we had this big board. We did highlights. But Michelle and I would be doing the show together. So we had, um, we had those guys during the Viking season. One Sunday night, this was after the, the football season, and Michelle couldn't make it in. I lined up the bad boys of sports in the Twin Cities to be on my show for one night. Listen to this lineup. J.R. Ryder, Warren oh. Moon, and Jack Morris. You couldn't oh, find, my God. Yeah, they were, I got a picture of it. I mean, it was in my, it's in my book. Did you hear I wrote a book? Okay, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Common. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Best it was seat in the house. J.R. Ryder, who was known for being the sullen, so, oh. you know, uh, malcontent. Could not have been nicer all the time. In fact, when I had my restaurant downtown, treated the staff beautifully. Warren Moon was coming off his domestic situation with yes, his wife down yes. in Houston. It, Remember that? I do. I do. And he, he absolutely, we went at, we went at it. I mean, we, we asked him all the tough questions. He knew what he was there for. And Jack Morris was one of the biggest <laughs> SOBs around, but he, we loved Jack. No, <laughs> he was, he was one. No, Jack oh. was great because he would still tear up about pitching Game Seven. In 91, this is way after that, but you, you would show highlights and he would, uh, the thing that always got me about Jack, no matter when you would relive that moment, that game seven, he would like get a tear in his eye and get choked up about it. You know, he was still that St. Paul kid. Really? Yeah. That grew up going, who would not have wanted, wanted to be to in my shoes? The seventh. But oh. man, I, the three of them on together were, um, was something else. Yeah. So um, we, it was astonishing. One of my more favorite shows, we want to call it that. Three distinctive personalities. Very distinctive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, absolutely. So we had, you know, what I, and, and I also think about, you know, we, all the shows we did at the State Fair. I mean, we did a lot of shows remote, a lot of half-hour shows remote. And honestly, other than one time we had a blip in Green Bay where we had trouble getting on the air, uh, I count my good fortune. I count all the great people I worked with at the station, the, the, the support crew we had. Art Phillips was our engineer most of the time. And. Tom Ryther and you know Scott Miner was a producer and Kerry Clancy and all the people that worked behind the scenes to feverishly get everybody on the air. It took a lot because we were still a pretty small operation, but we would do all these remote shows. But we do a lot of them. You know, we do the state fair shows. We do twice oh. a year, and that, that was the, you know we'd pack the, the, the grandstand Sunday at CCO. Oh, yeah, 
I mean, of all people uh, who would never, ever come on my show otherwise, Denny Green, the late Denny Green, head coach of the Vikings, would come down. Speak, and he would get a limo. Down we'd to the, a, okay. We'd have yeah. a limo take him to the state fair. And something about the crowd, something about being alive in that, you know, sort of environment and, you know, that chuckle of his, he'd come hey. on, he'd, come, he'd stay in the limo until right the show before the show began. He'd come on the set and people would go nuts. They would. Denny Green yeah. would be there and the the rafters would be overflown with people up at the side, almost sure. like the power trip. The, you know, with the power, the power trip, trip show we do on the Friday night. <laughs> uh, and Denny <laughs> would come on and, uh, man, we'd have, you know, we'd have, I think, what was his name? Brady, not Tom Brady, another Brady. Uh, played linebacker for the Vikings. Can't think of his name off the hand. But we'd have a lot of guests come on, and he'd answer questions from the fans, and he loved it. He, oh. He'd also, you know, get a few uh, mini donuts to take home. Sure, and yeah. Sweet Martha's cookies, yep. and yeah. uh, and that was it. But you know, it was it was great that Denny came out. I didn't have to ask him twice. He, he'd he'd always want. He'd kind of look forward to. It. it was kind of a kickoff thing, and there was an awkward time. I think he had cut Mike Morris one time, and it was on a Sunday night. I think Mike was on our show, <laughs> and. Uh, he reinstated him. I think he realized, oh, we need a our long snapper is not very snapper. good. Yeah, we'll bring yeah. Mike back. We, <laughs> so that that, that worked out that well worked as out. well. Yeah, so for everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris yeah. Carter did the show for quite a while, and um, I would do live phone calls too. Sid Hartman would come on Sunday nights. <clears throat> he'd say to me, Sid, Sid, he'd go, you know, Rosen, I could do you some good on that show. I'm I'm available <laughs> on Sunday nights. All right, yeah, I can come out and uh, help you out a little bit. Okay, Sid. So I have Sid come down. And he would, we yeah. would do a segment. Again, yeah. if people only knew there wasn't, like, here at, at uh, Camp Ann, we have a seven, eight-second delay, whatever. So if somebody right. drops somebody, an F-bomb F- or whatever, yeah. they can dump out of it or somebody says something really inappropriate. We didn't have that at CCO, but nobody really knew that. So my favorite yeah. story yeah. was Carl Eller was on the show one night. The Moose, the big, the great the, Carl yes. Eller was on the show. And if you remember, well, if you see Carl, I mean, even to this day, I saw a picture of him recently. He's on Twitter. And... He had that really cool-looking afro, right? right? And this is Moose. This is Carl Eller. And so, uh, hey, Bob from uh, Woodbury's on the phone. Bob, you got a question for Carl? And he asked me a question. He goes, oh, by the way, I loved you in Pulp Fiction. He <laughs> 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 looked like Samuel L. Jackson. He did. <laughs> I lost my shit that night on the air. And I don't know if Carl had seen Pulp Fiction, but it was just – it was, it was, we couldn't dump it, it but was, it was like it was funnier it was perfect. than hell. That was. <laughs> I loved you in Pulp Fiction. My God. So you know it was um, you know great, just a you know great times, and you know we, as you know, we did our our last Sports Sunday show, and we had our, our one of our guest who was just on a couple weeks he ago. He was Mike Vec. Mike Vec came yeah. on. He was the only guest I invited, and uh, the rest of it was kind of a, a trip down memory lane. Looking right, at, right. At a lot of the video that we have, and I, you know, I, I've forgotten more. Of the stuff that I can even remember right now, talking to you, but um, you know, he brought me down. It was a really special thing because uh, he brought me down an autographed baseball by Bill Murray. You know, his, oh, his guy his, Bill, his partner, the only person that he, you know, he, the only person that signed the ball, and he knew I, I was a big Bill Murray fan and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it, it was uh, it was emotional. I mean, it was very emotional when I quit because it was my baby. Well, it was, and you'd grown it, and. Uh... There it was. Well, time to time you know, to call it. It was quits. yeah. You know we have we have you know three and a half four minutes of sportscast every night, and that's right, all you that. can have. So I told our staff even all the time, and my our staff and it was dwindled all the time. But I said, look, it. This is a half hour that we are. It's our show. 
We can do whatever the hell we We're want. We're on Nobody's stage. Tell, it's right. us. We own this show, basically. And this is an incredible opportunity. I never took it for granted because I knew local television didn't have much local programming back then. Even then. I mean, it was, it was right. you know, growing up in the Twin Cities, as we know, yeah. all the kids' shows, the Clancy, the yeah. Cop, and Axel, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, Twin Cities Live. Um, Casey Jones. Casey Jones, whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. What? And they're so still on the air. But local television really hits... There's not a lot of local programming. I mean, not other than news shows. That's about it. And so yeah. to have a sports – granted, I'm going to say this. You know, I know Channel 9 does the show. I, you know, I'm, I've been on it because I do, I do work for the Vikings now. So the guys at KMSP, they do a show every Sunday night. Joe Schmidt was doing Joe. sports rap for a long time. But I think we all kind of felt the same way. We have an opportunity – to have a half hour, whatever it is, I don't think Joe's doing a half hour anymore. But I think I think uh, KMSP might be doing uh, close to that. A Vi- but mostly a Vikings wrap up show, right. and then Don does stuff as well. Don Mitchell and I know they appreciate that because it, it's a it's a special thing, and sports does sell in this market. It, I mean, the Vikings sell like I mean, you can put oh, the Vikings on any time, time of the year, yes. and people will watch stuff. I could do a show right now, right now with wow. that. Yeah. So maybe I will. Uh, <laughs> you never say never. I'm doing Viking no. stuff, work for the Viking. But but I always told them, um, don't ever take it for granted. So let's put our best effort into this because um, we have an opportunity to do long-form journalism. We have long-form stories. You can. It's not like you have to do a minute 15 package and get it on the air. You can go three minutes, three and a half, four minutes. Whatever, whatever you it, want. Whatever it yes. takes. Yeah. So working with the crew and, and doing all that, and there's something about – um, I say this all the time. There's something about doing a live show, you know, because every time we would have to, you know, we try to tape it again because we get on 11:30. It didn't have the same energy. No, even for yeah. me, it's like I knew in the back of my mind we were taping it. If I fucked up, I could stop the taping right, and start right, all over again. Right. Live TV, you, no, you got to go, you gotta, and you got to go right through the mistakes and whatever happens. Even when video, your guest sleeps in, whatever, you gotta, whatever, whatever happens, you got to so, run with um, it. Uh, I, I, well. we, I haven't talked about this forever, and I'm glad you brought this up uh, as an idea today because it's something that I really cherish. I hope people enjoyed it. I know people well. said they grew up watching it, and they wouldn't go to bed without watching Sports Sunday, and uh, uh, it was thrill of a lifetime to have that opportunity to, to see this thing, this little baby grow from starting back yeah. with Ahmad Rashad in 1980 to the point where up till five years ago, we did this pretty much year round. I mean, for the most part. Right. Uh, and, and given our lack of championships in Minnesota, um, we, we don't we always have a lot it. to talk about. There'll be a couple of times, yeah. especially in yeah. the, you know, we call it the sports abyss here at the fan. Right. Uh, this time of year in particular, we're sitting incredible. here in early June going, Okay, what am oh. I doing this Sunday night? Right. Uh, uh, Everybody's we, out of the playoffs. I mentioned, uh, yeah. mentioned, we mentioned the great late Dark Star at the beginning. He was one of my first guests. I had never heard of him. I said, who was this Dark, Dark Star. Star guy? Oh. Isn't that the name of a horse? And so he came on, introduced himself as George Chapel. George Chapel. And uh, had the suspenders, and, and he was early on in his career, and he sat down. We did the show together, and uh, he ended yeah. up being kind of a regular and uh, off and on. And, he did well. Uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, just um, uh, I feel very uh, blessed that we were able to do that show for as long as we were, and it meant a lot to me. It was my baby, and I loved it, and can't thank the folks enough for the support that we got. Well, I think it. people could tell that in in watching it, for, and it was must-see TV on oh, Sunday nights. Man. I mean, we were there and watching whatever season it was, the highlights or the remote locations, whatever right. it was you were doing, and... Well, uh, 
gave us a chance uh, was, to kind of go behind the curtain a little bit with, with a lot of the athletes, too, because we wouldn't just concentrate on what happened in this game, what happened in that game. Tell me more about your life, what was what was going on in your life. And there's certainly some emotional discussions that we had, and people would talk a lot about that. So, I mean, it was uh, it was a gift. That's all I can say, and I, I felt uh, – Well, uh, uh, we all appreciated it. Yeah, it really well, was. good it stuff, was. man, really good stuff. And I appreciate you guys listening today to uh, – my memories, going down memory lane. Going down lane Mark's for, memory lane. <laughs> Rosa well, Sports Sunday. Here we are. Again, big thanks to Continental Diamond, uh, Jimmy and Helene Pessis. Uh, go see the, the fine folks down there. If you have uh, whatever jewelry needs that you have or your family needs, uh, they are the best in town. And I'm, you know, I know I, I'm saying that. Well, I've been saying it because I went to high school with Jimmy. I know the kind of dedication they put into their craft and how much they love uh, serving you uh, and dealing with whatever budget you have. Yeah, they're always there for you. They are. Absolutely. Are. And Todd, uh, over at Cary Limo, do appreciate his sponsorship uh, for any of your transportation needs. Uh, Carrie Limo, give him a call. Thanks for listening to Down Memory Lane. Here we go. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.